I got love for you, man. You know what, I'm <laughs> what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that, out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabbie Presents, the podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome back to the Cabbie Presents podcast. After a long hiatus, I return. Thank you for the tweets and the messages on the book of faces about the podcast. This year has been very hectic as far as travel goes, because we've been trying to pump out even more segments on the TV side to do Cabby Presents features on TSN. Uh, And for those who are discovering this podcast by accident on iTunes or on my Twitter feed, if you are interested in watching the videos, you can go to tsn.ca slash Cabby Presents. Or if you'd like to fall down a YouTube wormhole, just go on to YouTube and type in Cabby Presents and you can waste a solid hour and 45. As the weather's been like brutal here in Canada, I recommend it for like a, a Sunday night or like a random Tuesday night if there's nothing good on television. YouTube rabbit hole, Cabby Presents. So I was on a bus over the Olympic break in February with uh, my good friend Joffrey Lupul. And we're riding with these 15 and 16-year-old dudes, uh, the Brampton 45s, on their way to a hockey game. They're going to play a team from Milton. And Brampton, Ontario is about 30 to 45 minutes, 30 minutes outside of Toronto. And Milton, Ontario is about 45 minutes. So anyway, from Milton to Brampton, or vice versa, excuse me, we were on the bus for about half an hour, 45 minutes. And Joffrey is relaying his experience as a hockey player to these young hockey dudes. And I don't really know the X's and O's of the game very well, but it was like it was cool to hear Lupul articulate about playing against fast teams and what to do in the zone and how to play particular lines and how to, you know, always have confidence even when you're down or or how to play through long stretches. It was really cool. I know for these 15 and 16-year-old dudes, it made quite an impression. Because when in your life as a teenager will you meet a professional athlete you know, on on route to your own game. It was special. And uh, there were some inspiring words. There were some insightful questions from the coaches on board that even the kids had some great questions that we, you know, everybody left the bus feeling charged when we got to the, the arena. So much so that the team lost 4-3. If I wasn't on the bus, they may have won 8-1. But I think I messed up the whole feng shui of the bus. And I don't think I smelled particularly well. And it brings me back to this story from high school when I was riding in the bus. I went to Galt Collegiate Institute in Cambridge, Ontario. Cambridge, Ontario is like one hour west of Toronto. 
and we're going to a track meet. And when I was in high school, I used to do the fat guy events. Fat guy event number one, javelin. Fat guy event number two, discus. Fat guy event number three, shot put. So on the bus was one of our fat guys. And in no circumstance does someone ever need to go to the bathroom that much that they had to relieve themselves into a Gatorade bottle or a water bottle. But at 17 years old, this dude thought it was a great idea to, to relieve himself into an empty bottle of Gatorade. So we're all kind of laughing and snickering. And, you know, at 17, this is like, it's the equivalent of like somebody ripping one in the back and like having the bus laugh for like seven to 10 seconds. So here's this dude going into this bottle. After he finishes, he tells some people, and I like half of the bus knows what I, knows what's happened, and the girls are like, "Ooh!" So one of the other knuckleheads on our bus, who was like, he's like the guy that you never want to dare because he will always do your dare and then one up your dare. So he goes to the back. He's like, "Oh man, dude, I'm glad you went. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same." So he switched seats with the guy that was sitting next to the original. Conspirator, the original urinator, we'll call him. We'll call him West the Urinator. So he sits next to West the Urinator, and he uses the same bottle. Finishes up, and then because he's such a jerk, and because he wanted to make an example of West the Urinator... He pretended, and the bus is just traveling on, like, the 401. Just, like, for those in the United States, just the interstate highway. It's paved and it's perfect. But at one point, he pretended that there was turbulence on the bus, and he had the screw loose a little bit, and he spilled most of the contents on the original West the Urinator on his lap and his hands before we went to the track meet. Moral of the story is... Don't be a jackass, because a bigger jackass will make you the example of a jackass. On today's podcast, I am the jackass. Not saying that someone's going to urinate on this particular next 45 minutes of storytelling, but we are going to tell some stories. And this dude... Is a great dude. By all accounts, all his teammates, he may not be famous, but in some circles, he's a legend. And in our conversation, we're going to spend most of it talking about music. This dude has made it to the promised land and hoisted Lord Stanley's cup. But he's also experienced the promised land in other ways. It's not Graceland, but it's pretty close. Who wouldn't want to be a roadie for a rock star? His story begins right now. If it's going to be uh, an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. The year was 2010. It was June. We're in Philadelphia. The Chicago Blackhawks beat the Philadelphia Flyers in six games. And I presented him with a first place medal around his neck. 
Moments later, he was on CBC with Scott Oak, and when asked about the medal, he said a friend gave it to me. In 2010, he became one of the staples of my interviews as I went on this journey to the Stanley Cup because he's always been a great guy, and he's always been a great story and always been a great quote. Currently with the San Jose Sharks, he is somewhere in the state of California. I'm pleased to be welcomed by Adam Burrish. Hello, sir. Gabby, how you doing, my friend? Uh, fantastic. I haven't seen you in a really long time. I know it. Like, I don't even know if you still have long hair. Do you have long hair anymore? You know what? I, I cut it at the start of the season. I had back surgery, so I kind of wanted to be, have the uh, professional look to start the season. So I cut it a little short, but I'm going to let it. I'm going to let it rip again. No, I won't cut it for a while. Well, how? But how short is short? Like, did you go like straight buzz cut or? No, not 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 down to the wood. Just uh, you know, it's probably like <laughs> four four or five inches, three or four inches. You know. So is it is it starting? To, I mean, you're halfway through the season. Is it starting to get shaggy now? Nah, it's getting a lot. I've had, I think I had a few, a couple uh, maintenance haircuts, you know, just to kind of clean it up around the ears and stuff. But it's uh, so it's not. It's still pretty short now, but. It'll be another month. It'll start getting good. See, right around playoff time, you know. Nice, yeah. Well, that's perfect because you can you yeah. you can grow a beard quite easily, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can get a pretty good beard going. Yeah. Are you are you the hairiest man on your team? No, I'm not a hairy guy. Uh, Brent Brent Burns is a pretty hairy. He's like a he's like a caveman kind of. He yes. has caveman look. He's got no teeth. He's got the terrible shaggy beard all year long. Um, he's pretty hairy. Um, uh, Joe Thornton gets a pretty good beard going. He gets pretty hairy <laughs> right. too. But right. Um, and uh, so those guys get pretty hairy, but I'm not a, I'm not a real hairy guy. I like to kind of keep it keep it clean, you know. Uh, you know who's the cleanest guy? This this Rafi this Rafi Torres is the guy though. I got to tell you, this guy doesn't have a hair on his body anywhere. He, he's not he, every time this guy's in the shower, he's sh he's shaving something. There's something getting shaved in the shower every time he's there. So real clean, real clean, you know, professional guy. So it's uh, classy. I like to say he's a real classy guy. Rafi's one of the one of the few gingers in the league. Like there's like yep. maybe there's might be one per team. Maybe that's why he shaves so much. Doesn't want anybody to know he's a ginger. <laughs> I asked uh, I asked Hartnell once if he if he if he minded that expression. He didn't mind, and then I asked Cordy Schneider. He's like, "Yeah, I don't really like it that much." So I have to like I have to be very careful uh, when throwing around the you know the term ginger at people. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, I don't think Rafi minds. Rafi says it himself. He he says all the time. He says, I think I'm the only redheaded Mexican you guys know. Oh uh, well, he might be the only one. Like, oh no, who's the dude that fought Mayweather? Who just fought like recently? Uh, Alvarez? Canelo? Uh, Canelo. Yeah, Canelo. Canelo yeah. Alvarez. Yeah, he's a redheaded guy too. Yeah. Yeah, that's the so that, that's a small fraternity right there, like redheaded yeah. Mexican dudes. And uh, you played with um, two guys that. One guy grew just he could just grow uh, Wolverine chops, and the other dude yep. couldn't grow a beard at all. Who was yep. once I was told your best friend, your BFF? Do you know who I'm referring to? <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe Pat Pat Kane, maybe. Right, as the one who couldn't grow anything, and then the yeah. Wolverine chops. Do you know who I'm referring yeah, that, to? Yeah, that, that, that's Jonathan Taves. There you. What are you? Uh, so, is it true that you and Patrick Kane were like BFFs in your time in Chicago? We were good buddies there. We hung out quite a bit. We had a lot of fun together. Yeah, we were we were we were pretty close when I was there. We we were, we were still buddies too. We still talk. We probably probably send him a text or once a month or so, or when something's going on. Or in the summer, we see each other. In the summer, when I go back to Chicago, and both those guys, I still talk to both those guys here and there. But yeah, we were Patty and I were pretty close when I was there. Does that mean like you guys knew the same girls? We uh, yeah, well, we had a couple. We had a, we, we we ran in the same circle. You know, we had a couple friends that were mutual <laughs> mutual friends, I guess you could say. So we had a uh, you know we were just friendly guys. You know, we like to get out and, hey, and make new make new friends and make new friends and just have a, have a good time. You know, dude. I mean, when it comes to like when it comes to like um, 
people of your ilk, that pool gets a lot smaller because there's just a certain yeah. like there's certain there's a there's a pool of friends like new friends, you know, lady friends, yeah. etc. But that pool is like it in a in a city like Chicago, which is you know metropolitan area is probably six million people. Really, the pool is about two hundred chicks. Yep. Max. Yep. It might even be. Yep. You know how it is. I mean, it's no different than any big city in Toronto, like Toronto or any of the big cities. It's a big city, but you you know, after a while, and you're there for a long time, it starts to feel a little smaller and a little smaller and a little smaller as you, as you're there longer and longer. And yeah. Yeah. The, the pool gets a little smaller as, <laughs> as you sit around longer, but you know what? We're, let's you know we're, we're, we were just we were just up, hanging out, having fun, just you know being but friendly I, guys. Adam, how do you navigate those waters when the pool becomes? Sm- I mean, it's it, it was it ever suffocatingly small, or did you find that you use the same life rafts when navigating in those pools? Well, no, you know what? It was uh, it was never too small. The, the pool was always, you know, the pool was always open, and it was always, you know, the, that, that was one of my favorites. I mean, Chicago is one of my favorite all-time cities. I loved living there. I loved playing there. Um, there's always something going on. There's always there's always someone new to meet. There's always something new going on. There's always somewhere, you know, something new to do, and um, it's a fun. It, it was that was my favorite place. I can't. I don't think there's a probably a better city to play in than Chicago. It was it was a it was a pretty it was a pretty wild four years there. Okay, so four years. Okay, so now, uh, geographically and employment-wise, you're kind of in an opposite situation because I've been to yep. San Jose and the pool yep. there sucks. Chicago <laughs> world-class pool. The pool in San Jose, uh, man, it's that's a, it's like a waiting pool. It like goes at your ankles. Like it's. How do you find navigating those waters? You know what? It's different. Totally, di- you're right. Totally different situation. Um, you know what though? Like, I don't miss the cold weather anymore. Though I think I'm like I, I don't know what happened to me. I grew up in Wisconsin, lived in Chicago. Um, you know, I've always lived my whole life in cold weather, and now I, I it gets like it's 30 degrees or 40 degrees, and I'm somewhere it's freezing to me now. Right. I can't even handle the cold anymore. So the weather here is sick. Um, it's same weather every day. Yeah, the you know we're not in the big Olympic pools anymore out here. Right, it's a little different, man. but yeah, it's, uh, dude, it's like a you know what? If you have a, I will say if you got a, it's a bathtub. Yeah, but if you got a family <laughs> and you got kids. This is a beautiful place to live, and you're, you know, if you have a date in town, or you want to bring a girlfriend somewhere nice for an hour, for an hour and a half from Napa Valley, we're 50 minutes door to door down to Pebble Beach or Monterey for a nice, you know, a nice romantic bed and breakfast cab. You know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, well, I know I've seen it on TV. Yeah, I've yeah, something real romantic down there in Monterey. And, <laughs> seen it in the uh, movies. There's a lot in San Francisco, 45, 45 minutes to San Francisco, so we're around a lot of cool things to do in this in this city. So it's a, uh, so the next place to live and playing here is awesome. I mean, the building. The building is as loud as any building any building we we've, we've been in and, and you can play in. So it's it's a cool place to play. Um. So like, what is what is conversation like when you're talking to a bunch of tech nerds and like Google nerds? They, I, I pretty much walk away because I got they got they don't want to hear what a stupid guy like me got to say. They kind of you know I got nothing to say. To that. I got I have nothing intelligent to say to those guys. But I can tell you, if you're out here and your iPhone breaks or you got a problem with your computer, you could, there's a lot of people you can talk to out here. <laughs> That that gets repaired within seconds. Like your your Second. phone your phone falls, it hits the concrete, it shatters like a spider web. Within seconds, it's repaired. Yeah, there's a, you just lean over to the table next to you and you hand your phone to the <laughs> whoever's sitting next to you, and you're, you can bet they can probably fix it. Uh, so uh, um, the reason I wanted to I, I've been trying to get you on this podcast for a long time is because I've heard stories about how good you tell stories, and then I randomly heard a story about like. It was either like a country festival, or you were like friends with like um, like a country singer, 
and I and like I was thinking about this yesterday. I couldn't remember who told me the story, but like it was like yeah, Adam Burrish is friends with like a like a Luke Bryan or a Keith Urban or one of those types. I'm not that familiar with the country music scene, and I just like I was like, how the hell did that? How did, and do, do you know where I'm from? Oh man, who was I talking to? I don't know if it was Loops or if it was Biz. There was somebody who like went to a concert or a festival with you, and you like. You were like the mayor of this friggin' thing. Like you had, you were like connected in these parts amongst. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I got, I got a lot of, I got a lot of friends in country music, and um, there's actually a funny story when I played in Chicago. After the game, there's always people in the locker room. You know, there's always sponsors, or there's people that front office people are bringing. You know, random people down to the off, down to the locker room after a game, and you know, sometimes it's you know someone you recognize. Usually, it's people you don't. It can sometimes get a little old and a little long, and. You know, you got to walk over and say hi. Sometimes maybe you just got done playing back-to-back games. You're tired. You just lost. The coach was screaming at you. So, um, you don't feel like talking. But there's a guy in the changing stall where I'm changing. There's a guy standing there, and I'm, you know, completely naked, and I'm just kind of like kind of over it. I just want to shower and get out of there. And there's a guy standing there, and I'm like, hey, man, what's up? He's like, nothing. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm naked. I'm thinking he's going to be a little uncomfortable. He's probably just going to walk away. But he's like, hey, how you doing? Like, didn't phase him at all. I said, hey, where are you from? He goes, well, I live in Nashville. He goes, I'm uh, from Chicago originally, but I live in Nashville. I go, cool, what are you doing in Nashville? He goes, well, I work in country music. I said, awesome. I'm a big country music fan. He's like, yeah? And I go, yeah. He's like, well, hey, listen, I got a band in town tomorrow night. Um, I'm not sure if you heard of them, Brooks and Dunn. Um, you know, you want to come out to the show? Here's my business card. I know you guys get bugged a lot. But give me a call if you want to if you want to come and set you guys up. I said, okay, cool. You know, I left, and the next day I'm having lunch, and um I was with uh, James Wisniewski, and he was just like, hey, call the guy. You want to go to the show? And I was like, yeah, let's call this guy and see what he's got. So we went to, called him. He said, get a car, show up at 7 o'clock, and we'll go. And so I called him, set it up, got a car, drove into the show. He said, just pull it next to this big blue bus behind the stadium. I'll tell the security guys to let you guys in. So we pulled in, go to the big blue bus, open the door, and there's this guy I just met. His name's Brian. And I walk in the bus, and there's Brooks and Dunn sitting there. Kicks Brooks and Ronnie Dunn sitting there on the bus, two of the biggest country music legends of all time going on there doing a farewell tour and um, so he's like hey you guys are late we're like yeah sorry man traffic he's like hey let's go come up follow us so we follow brooks and dunn and my buddy brian and james was and i we walk right in the middle of the stage there's a big curtain down we're like where are we going are you kidding me we're on the middle of the stage um kicks brooks has got a guitar over his shoulder starts playing intro to uh, hillbilly deluxe is one of their big hits starts playing it the whole crowd can hear it but there's a curtain down so nobody could see all of a sudden some little guy comes out with you know, five little red solo cups with a little shot of uh, Crown Royal in them. It says, cheers, boys. Here's to a good season. Good luck. And except for when you play the Predators, uh, cheers to a good show. So we nailed a shot of Crown Royal with these guys. And then he's like, get out of here. And so we ran off the side of the stage. The show starts. And I'm like, holy man, this is cool. So we watched the show from there. And so this guy, his name is Brian O'Connell. He's the biggest country music promoter in, in the business. And um, from there, I just became real good friends with him. And he started introducing me to, you know, I'd go to Nashville and he started introducing me to some different guys. And, you know, I was a big country music fan. And, and so then over the last couple of years, the, the one you were probably talking about was uh, Jason Albine. I've been on the road with him now a few times. And um, in the summertime, usually it's something I always look forward to doing. And um, Joe Don Rooney, who's the, the lead guitar player for Rascal Flats, got, got to be buddies with him and Gary Allen. And some guys, it just, just a lot of different guys. And I love the music. I play the guitar. Um, you know, they're just these country guys are just the nicest, most down-to-earth guys. I mean, they've got, you know, they, they just couldn't be nicer people is what I kind of liked about them. And I like the music. But so... Um, yeah, I've been on the road. Usually in the summertime, I'll, I'll jump on the road for a weekend with Rascal Flatts, and I'll jump on the road usually once or actually twice last summer. I went out with, with Jason Aldean and his band and just have a killer time, man. It was pretty cool. I, I, I'll, I'll finish one more story. but No, no, keep, one of the no cool, Adam, keep it okay, rolling, the, dude. Well, this is amazing. Okay, well, 
Okay, one of the one of the coolest things I always remember is one of before one of Jason Aldean's shows. We're sitting in the dressing room, and one of his bass players named Tully Kennedy. Uh, he's a huge, huge Boston Bruins fan, and so we're talking hockey. And Jason, he's not the biggest hockey fan. Um, you know, he, does, he knows a little bit, but so he's asking questions about hockey. I think we had a, there was a game that was on TV or something like that. And we're watching, and uh, they're asking questions and blah blah blah. So they go and do the show. Uh, he finishes his encore and he's walking off the stage and the crowd's just, I wish I had a camera because the crowd was going bananas behind him. You know, he just killed his show, um, 25,000 people going bananas and he walks off and he throws his cowboy hat at me and he goes, you know, and, and it was just perfect. He goes, you know what the difference between I do and you do is, boy? And I go, what? He goes, I never lose, still undefeated. He like points at the crowd and then he walks off, cracks a beer, cracks a beer and walks off and he just like throws his cowboy hat at me. It was so perfect, man. It's hilarious. That's a great walk off. Probably the best walk off you can that you can imagine. Yeah. Ah, That's tremendous. Yes, it was was, somebody told me that you went on you go on tour with like country acts. I was like, what? So okay. So Adam, when you're on tour with like a rascal flats, you go out for a few days, like what does that actually mean? Like when you're on tour with them, like what do you what are you physically doing and how do you know what to do? <laughs> I mean, you just kind of you just kind of go with the flow, I guess. It's, you know, every, all those bands are different. Like Jason Aldean and his band, uh, he was out with Luke Bryan the time I was out with him last summer. And um, they play bat like so, you know, you, well, you, they do the show, have some beers and some whiskey and hang out afterwards and just kind of, sh- you know, talk and shoot the breeze and then uh, jump on the bus or whatever. It's just at like 2 o'clock. You know, you just have some drinks. It's kind of like after a hockey game. You know, nobody can go to bed at midnight right after a hockey game. You just got the adrenaline going. You're excited. You just sit around, watch TV, and have a beer and hang out. So that's what we do. And then at, you know, 1 or 2 o'clock, when everybody wants to leave, you jump on the bus, and the bus just rolls, and you go to sleep. And, you know, you sleep. They get These buses are like they're like home. I mean, it's like a small apartment. They're, they're, they're not garbage buses. I mean, they got satellite TV. They got Xboxes hooked up. They got surround sound. Um, they got everything on these buses. They got hot showers. They got, um, you know, two bathrooms. Well, so yeah, because it, nice. you're, you're, you're going to need to clean your body. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to need to wash up here and there. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and so you know, you wake up and you're you're just in a new parking lot. It's not sexy at all. You're in another parking lot, and so then usually we have a little breakfast, and then at about noon or one with. Aldine and when he was out with Luke Bryan, they like to play basketball. So they bring like a full, real basketball hoop, and they'll play a big pickup four on four or five on five pickup game with him and all the guys in the band and some and some crew guys. And they'll play a, a, for two hours, like sweating and you know pushing each other and screaming and like intense basketball games. So that was kind of fun. And then who's you know the, you'll have who's, dinner. Who's the better basketball player, uh, Jason Aldine or Luke Bryan? Uh, Aldine was probably better. Aldine was a competitive. He was a competitive man. He was a competitive dude, man. He was. He always was. He was pushing and he was playing hard he, was, he, he wasn't bad and then were, were you out there setting picks or what or, or what were you doing were you like in the oh, paint man, I was back going, to the I, basket I was, oh yeah I, I was going hard man i was yeah i was i was pushing and elbowing what's and the was, what's the best part of adam burrish's game uh his basketball man, you game know, I, you know probably probably rebounding man i'm not i wasn't i'm not a real good shooter i just just give me around the hoop and let me box a few guys out and <laughs> Jump up and get a few boards, you know. Nothing, nothing very, not, not, not a real good outside shooter. So your your stat line might be might be one point sixteen boards and you know yeah. a, a four assists, like Dennis Rodman. Yeah, but without like, with less tattoos, less tattoos and not the not the funky hair color. Right, and or the piercings in your face. Yeah, so when not you're... the piercings all over my face. <laughs> when you so those guys, so they play basketball and then yeah. uh, then, then you know then they do the show and then it's great. You know, we have a few drinks before the show, like you know. They'll sit around, and have a few drinks, and and hang out before the show, and just kind of talk and 
BS and they'll do the show and then hang out after, have a little party after and hang out. And then Rascal Flats guys, they like to play golf every, and I like to play a lot of golf. So that was, that's how I actually met those guys. I met them on a golf course and uh, they like to play golf. So every day they'll wake up and it's pretty cool because, you know, they're Rascal Flats, so they can play anywhere. They just call and, you know, the best course, whatever city they're in, they just call the favorite course that they want to play or they haven't played and they get them on there. And so I just kind of ride their coattails and jump on the course and play golf all day. And they'll get back at four or five o'clock again from the golf course, have dinner do the show, have a, have a few drinks, do the show, and then have a few after, and then go to bed and wake up, and you're in a new parking lot again, and you know, you just kind of, it can get long, but you know, with those guys, it was fun because you went and played golf every day. Dude, that sounds like the best summer vacation ever. Um, but I have so many questions, Adam. Okay, so just humor me for a bit. When, because, because you're like, you are... 100% like a dude's dude like to put it in a for the for the people listening to put it in a sports context You're very much a glue guy like you're one of the best guys in the room everybody you're just a dude So when you're when you're in these other environments with uh, musicians and stuff um, Do you I know you're gonna be yourself But do you also have that function where you're like you're either like the great storyteller or do you you know are you the dude are you the conduit between introducing new people you know I see you might have a good eye for meeting new friends and some friends want to meet the band do you have do you have that function or like what what what's the role that you play when you're on uh, on the uh, on the road <laughs> a little bit a little bit a little bit of all that actually you know what but you know for like first I just try and stay out of the way you know it's not my show I've got you know I'm just a, I'm just a friend I'm just hanging out um so first I just I try to stay out of the way I'm not trying to you know it's not my show it's not my concert I'm just kind of in the background hanging out and um I'll tell a few stories you know the, the, the cool thing is and you've, you've heard it before but and it's kind of true is that you know Athletes want to be musicians, and musicians want to be athletes. If I could do it all over again, man, I'd I'd, I'd want to grow up and be Jason Aldean. I, I, I want to be a I'd want to be a rock star. And um, you know, guys in his band and him, like he wants to, Jason wants to be. He wants to be a pro. He wanted to be a pro baseball player. That's what he wanted to do. And um, that his bass player wanted to be an NHL hockey player. And so yeah, I'll tell. They'll, they'll start asking some stories and. If they ask, I'll tell them and, you know, make them laugh a little bit. And, and then they'll share some of their goofy stories from being on the road for so long. And, and, and then, you know, the show starts. Yeah. You know, if I get some, some, some friends that are at the show or out in the crowd and they may want to come, they may want to come back, come back and meet some of the guys and, you know, take a, take a picture with some of the guys right. in the band. If, 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 if they're willing, I can arrange that and come and say hi and maybe, maybe they're not, but, um, yeah, so it, it, but it, 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 it's fun, man. It's just it's a fun it's a fun weekend getaway. It's totally different than anything that I you know that I'm ever a part of or ever I get to do. So it's a totally different world that they live in, and it's a totally different bubble that they're in and we're in. And um, but, it's, but it's pretty cool to see up close. It's pretty like it, it, it's cool too that before the show, it's kind of like if they get in the dressing room. If the show starts at nine, it's just like us. They get into the dressing room two hours before at seven o'clock, and they have a few drinks. The only difference is they can drink and smoke cigarettes before their shows. Right. And we can't, but right. they're in there. They're in there, you know, drinking some whiskey and having a few cocktails. And then as the show gets closer and closer, and it gets to be about eight fifteen, eight thirty, you can kind of see it's kind of cool because they get up and they kind of start moving a little bit, and they kind of just, you know, they kind of start getting into their own little, into their own little world. And, is there you know, any kind stretching of or vocal on what exercises? No, I didn't see any of that stuff going on. No, none of that. I, well, you know, it's funny. I asked Jason one time. I said, hey, man, I was like, this, this is a stupid, ignorant question, but, you know, you know you're drinking whiskey and stuff. Don't, like, don't you drink tea or hot tea or something with some honey in it before the, you know, before a show or, don't you know, you just whiskey and cigarettes or what, you know, what do you guys, you know, stuff like that. And uh, he goes, man, he goes, that's garbage. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, 
what do you drink when you why, why do you drink tea? And I go, I don't know, warm your voice up. He goes, Yeah, well when you're sitting outside in freezing cold watching a football game, what do you drink? And I said, Whiskey. Why? He goes, To get warm. Like he goes, There you go. That's why I'm drinking whiskey. I'm warming my voice up. <laughs> so it was just but it's cool. And they kinda get, you know, as the show gets closer, they get moved they get you know, they can see their hands kinda like they're pretend they're playing the guitar. Their little their drummer comes in, he brings a drum pad in and he starts just banging on this drum pad for twenty minutes, like doing these little rudiments and practicing his drumming and uh, warming up and, and then, you know, then the guy comes in, all right, five minutes away. And then, you know, then it's, they're getting kind of, they all kind of do start doing their own thing, putting their earbuds in and, and kind of getting ready. So it's cool to see the build up and they're, they're pros too, man. I mean, they're doing this every three nights a week, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, the same show, the same deal every time, but they got to give you a hundred percent. They got to give you the emotion. So it's cool to see up, 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 up close. I mean, these guys are, these guys are pros, man. They're, they're, they're the real deal. Now, um, Adam, when you're, uh, I want to. I would like to, and for the listeners of Cabby Presents, this is, you know, we there are a lot of stories that uh, that are told on this particular podcast. Um, is there one that you could tell about uh, meeting new friends from the audience? Uh, that's uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> gonna, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, you know, and I'm close just, and personal the, kind of a, a, a profile story. Where's uh, some uh, new friends from could be your state of Wisconsin or Idaho or uh, uh, Tennessee or Missouri, the show me state where they showing you stuff. What is, can you give me one of those stories? Yeah. Well, you know what? It's, it's, you know, it's a lot of hanging out, a lot of, you know, just getting to know the people. And I guess the nice thing for, you know, when I'm out on the road is that, you know, I got the past that I can go back and kind of go wherever I want. So, you know, I, I can, I can be a, pretty popular guy then if I start cruising the, <laughs> through the crowd and seeing, seeing you, some friends of mine that may want to come and take a picture with, 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 yeah, I'm the gatekeeper. They may want to come and <laughs> say hi to some guys in the band or some of the, you know, some of the singers or whatever. So, um, you know, but again, like to be, to be honest with you, it's kind of like, it, it's not my show. So I come always kind of like, Hey, I've got some friends here. They want, they were, you know, they'd go bananas to come back and, and say hi to, to one of the guys in the band or, you know, so-and-so, um, but I'm always careful, like, hey, you know, this is, after the after the show, it's kind of like these guys' space. It'd be no different than, you know, somebody bringing 10 people into our locker room after a hockey game, like, after you just lost 3-2 to two, or after you just won 5-0, to zero, and maybe you guys want to get out of there, and they want to go meet some of their friends at the bar, you know, and, and go hang out somewhere else. And so I'm always just kind of careful that I'm not getting anybody's space, and I'm not getting anybody's way, but... Um, yeah, there's a few. There's been a there's been a couple good times where I've been you know out with some guys and some one of the bands and I've had some friends at the show and and you know guys wanted to come back and say hi and take a picture with the guys in the band and I can sometimes I'm I'm able to was able to set that up. So are you? So in some ways, jeez, uh, I guess like uh, are you like the Wayne Gretzky of uh, I don't want I don't I don't want to say I don't want to say a roadie. But uh, the Wayne Gretzky of introductions, where you know you're just like you're just your your points on the board are all assists. Yeah, I can be a lot. Well, yeah, you know, I like to score a few goals here and there too. But I, I, I can be. <laughs> I can. Uh, right. yeah, I can be. I can. Be, I can be a pretty good. Uh, I can be a good setup man. Yeah, I can be. I can be uh, the distributor too. I, I believe it. Um, yeah. Now, what is what's the uh, what's the dress code like for you when you are on the road? Like, do you have to dress in the same regalia? The you know the that certain shirt that has like that white outline <laughs> of the pockets. It could be like a blue shirt, but it's you know it's got that print and then like, the cowboy hat. Like, how much of that regalia do you um, do you immerse yourself into on these tours? 
None, man. It's, uh, that's their so wait, cool thing about these guys. You, okay, yeah. Is they're not, they, they don't have a dress code. They don't have, they, they dress how they want. They do what they want. I'm jeans and a t-shirt, man. I'm jeans and a t-shirt and a hat when I go on the road with these guys. That's it. That's what these, you know, these guys are wearing, you know, Aldine does his cowboy hat when he's out there playing and then he comes off and he puts a baseball hat on and throws a t-shirt on and just hangs out. That's even, these guys are, these guys are salt of the earth guys, man. They're just easy going. They're just cool. They're, nobody's judging. Nobody's, you know, worried about it. Everybody's just hanging out, being cool, having a beer, having a, having a whiskey and Coke, just chilling out, relaxing, hanging out, nothing fancy. You know, there's no champagne after the, after the show gets done. It's you, you want a beer, you want a whiskey. Bottles, what do you, huh? what do you want? No, it's a, you want a beer or you want a whiskey? What do you want? That's what, well, do you have this? Do you have any, you know, fruity drinks? No, we got Coke and Diet Coke and a Sprite. <laughs> so you know? you're, you're, your body can only take this for like a weekend or like at the max, what, like four or five days each time? Yeah, that's, uh, oh yeah, it's three days. Three days. Three then, days. It's like going to it's, Vegas. It's like, it's exactly like going to Vegas. It's three days and done and it's usually, it's early in the summer for me and and, uh, and it, you know, some, every day is different too. Like some days, it, you know, there'll be a big party after the show and we're hanging out. They just had a, you know, maybe it was a, you know, back to back sellout shows and they just, maybe one of their albums just went, one of their singles just went number one and they want to celebrate that. It was one of the times it was pretty cool. I was out with Rascal Flatts and, um, um, one of the guys in the band had just had a kid. And so we woke up in the morning, he jumped on a plane at about 10 in the morning, flew from Michigan down to Nashville. Uh, his wife was in labor, went in, had a baby. Then he flew back, and it was about the show starts at 9. He flew back at about 8.15. He landed. They got him into the into the venue at about 8.30. He came in. You know, he wore his pretty cool. He wore his jeans, then he wore his scrubs top onto the stage and played in his scrubs that he just, you know, delivered his baby in. And oh, wow. uh, then after the show, we had a little celebration, and, you know, had, had, they had some champagne there for him that night and then just drank some beers. And, That's pretty cool. And hung out a little. You know, that was a little later that night. We were up late drinking that night and hanging out, telling <laughs> stories again. But... Uh, just kind of so every night's different. Like they wanted to celebrate that night and have some fun, and then you know the next night might not. It might have you know might have been the last show of the two, of the of the little weekend trip. Might have been a Saturday or Sunday night, and you know have a few drinks and you know a few laughs after the show, and then jump on the bus and head home. Very cool. That is very cool. Um, I know that Vince Vaughn was like a big uh, a fan of the team, and yeah. uh, and since he he just did that movie, uh, well, I guess it wasn't just. I mean, it was the internship was. I think he came out last summer. Um, was did you see him when he was out in California shooting that movie? And have you ever been to the Google campus? Uh, I've been to the Google campus. Yeah, I didn't see him when he was out here shooting. Um, I actually saw him that summer at a football, uh, or the, the, right before the season started at a football game in, in Notre Dame. He's a big Notre Dame fan. I saw him at a football game there, but um, I didn't see him there. But we saw him. I saw him when I was in Chicago. I saw him all the time. He was uh, he was around a lot. Dave Bowen's really tight with him, actually. Dave Bowen was Dave Bowen and him were really good buddies when we were there, and so Dave would bring him around a lot. Um, he came around a lot. He was awesome, dude. He was he was super cool guy. Um, in Dallas, he he did a show. He did like a stand up comedy show in Dallas when I played in Dallas, and I saw him there. But um, Dave was Bowen was, the, was probably the closest with him. But he was such a super nice guy, man. He was a huge hockey fan, huge Blackhawks fan, and. Uh, you know, he he knows way more about hockey than anybody can, can imagine. I mean, he knows guys all around the league. He knows, you know, what guys' stats, what kind of player they are. He knows a lot about hockey, and pretty cool guy. And um, but real late, real laid back too. Doesn't when he goes out, he doesn't like to be the center of attention. He doesn't like to go out a lot. You're talking, one about, of the you're talking about Vince. Re- about Vince, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Super, super cool. But one of the things I remember about uh, winning, winning the Stanley Cup that summer and going out was 
um, you know, during the season or during the, any part of the, like Vince doesn't like to go out to a busy place because everybody wants to see him. Everybody wanted to take pictures of him. Everybody would always, you know, swarm him. He couldn't, he couldn't go out anywhere in Chicago or to a busy bar or a busy nightclub unless it was quiet or no, it was an off night or something like that. But when we won a couple of times, he came out with us and, um, and nobody would bother him because everybody wanted to see, you know, everybody was about the Stanley Cup and the, and the Blackhawks. And so he was out, out, out a lot. And then kind of looking back on it, you know, a couple of years later, I was like, man, you know, what was cool is that it wasn't about, you know, it wasn't about one guy. It wasn't about Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves or Sharp or Hosa or, you know, Versteeg. It wasn't about one guy. It was about the Stanley Cup. That's what everybody wanted to see. That thing is so damn powerful, man, that everybody is just attracted to that cup. You could put Vince Vaughn next to it. You could put, Obama next to it. You can put anybody next to the cup and nobody sees who's around the cup. Everybody just sees the Stanley cup. They just want to picture the Stanley cup. They want to touch it. They want to kiss it. They want to drink out of the Stanley cup. They don't care. You know, yeah, cool. If, if, if Kane or Taze or Sharp are in the picture, great. Awesome. Even cooler. But I just want to be by the cup. I want to see the cup. I want to touch it. Um, and so that was pretty cool where a couple nights Vince came out with us after he won and to places you probably wouldn't normally want to go out or on a Friday night, not go out because everybody would bug him, but it wasn't, it wasn't about, uh, you know, what famous movie, fam- most famous movie guy actor is in the building. It's about Stanley Cups in the building. So that was pretty cool. That was uh that was a absolute pleasure for me uh, at that time, like getting to uh, follow you guys at that time, you know, with the Chicago Blackhawks on that journey. And uh, you've always been awesome to me. I remember once you gave me an interview, you'd already changed, you'd left, but then you came back in the room and then you were like swarmed by reporters only because you said you would you would give me an interview, and I really appreciated that. Uh, as well as there was I don't I can't remember this bit, but there was a bit where we were like checking out pictures of my phone as yeah. for, oh, yeah. for something, and you're like, and you said, you know what, just for uh, just for fun, let's see what else you got. And then I just I just <laughs> kept going through pictures of my phone. It was just a fun moment for me. I hopefully, remember that you yeah. had some nice ones. <laughs> yes, yeah, and uh, hopefully the uh, the audience. Uh, enjoyed it as well I, I, I'll have to do this again with you because um, there, we didn't really get into a bunch of stuff but I don't want to keep you for too long I really do appreciate you uh, telling us a few stories can you get can you get us out of here on one one final either a Taves or a Kane story Adam man um, uh, man I, I don't I can't think of a good one off the top of my head the only the only cool thing I can think of is just at, right after we won the Stanley Cup, um, we, we flew back to Chicago. We got in at probably 2 in the morning. And, um, you know, Kane is just – everybody has their own idea of what he's like. And for me, as one of my close friends, he's, he's, a, he's a sweetheart. He's got a big heart. He's a good teammate. Um, when I was there, he was, you know, just becoming this biggest superstar in the game. And so we win the Stanley Cup. He just scores the game winner in overtime. We fly back. They have a little party for us at a Harry Carey's restaurant right by the airport with all our families and everything. And they had a bunch of limos set up. And, they were, and we were going to jump in these limos and head on downtown and go out from there. And we had called the bar ahead of time that we were going to come there and probably wouldn't get there till 3. But, you know, keep the place open. We'll all be there. And all the guys were getting there. And so he and I went in and said hi to our families. And, and then we said, hey, we're going to get out of here and go to the bar downtown. We'll meet you guys all there. And so Kane and I jumped in the car. And we went down there. And, you know, we're in the car. And it was kind of like... You know, it was kind of a cool moment. It was just us sitting there, and it was kind of quiet, and we were in the car like, holy man, can you can you believe this? Like, what just happened? And, and you know, just he, he goes to me. He's like, hey, uh, so uh, you think there'll be a lot of people at the bar tonight? And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh, you, know, uh, you know, do you think there's going to be like, you know, is it going to be, is it going to be fun? Like, is this going to be a wild party? Is it going to be like, you know, are people going to like, is this going to be cool? And I'm like, 
holy man, dude, Kaner, you can do whatever you want in this city. You just scored the game-winning goal in overtime. Yeah. Dude, whatever you want to do from now on, you can do it, man, and, and, and smile and have a good time. You're the man. Why are you asking me? Who the heck am I? You know, who am I to tell you what's going to be going on? You tell me what's going on from now on. You're the man. So it was just like, it was pretty cool. He was just like, he was so like nonchalant about like he didn't, he, it almost like he didn't, he didn't at that time understand the magnitude of what he just did and who he was. And, you know, we all did, but I think that's, it's kind of, it was always cool to me that he just always wanted to be a, he's just a regular, he was just always a regular guy. He just always wanted to be, you know, one of the guys and hanging out. And, you know, he'd always had his close buddies from Buffalo that were always around that would come into town. And it was, his buddies would always say like, Hey, we're friends. We're not fans. You know, we're just, we're all friends. We're not fans here. And, and uh, that's how he was with his buddies. And so I always remember that. He was always, it was cool like that. Right after he won the Stanley Cup, he was still like, he wasn't, you know, he was just Pat. He was just Patrick. He was just Pat. You know, he was just Kaner. He wasn't, you know, the famous Patrick Kane. He was just, he was just one of the guys. So it was, it was, it was cool. And he and I, that's why part of the reason he and I always got along so good, I think, is I always just, you know, appreciated that he was just, he was just a cool guy. He was just, he wasn't bigger than, than everybody. He, he had this big personality like everybody thought he always had. Well, the thing, the takeaway that I get from that story is that he was following your lead. And like many of your teammates, it's like they look to you just as either socially or just like just for activities. You're that guy who even though Patrick K may be the biggest star on the team, it was you he was asking about what the night's going to be like. Is it going to be fun, blah, blah, blah. So you have that effect on people. I haven't been the benefactor of some of those nights out with you, but I look forward to doing that, Adam. We'll, we'll have some. I think for I think from now on, after his his second cup, there now I'm going to start. I'm going to be asking Patrick now what's going on from, <laughs> from here on forward. But well, I'm yeah, sure. well, you and I got to get out one night. Oh uh, yeah, I look forward to it. Uh, for the people listening on Twitter, it's at a burish thirty seven, all one word, a b u r i s h three seven. And uh, if things go according to plan out there in San Jose, then uh, maybe in two or three months we'll have another conversation where. Uh, your voice might be a little raspy from uh, some whiskey and and good times. Yep, and I want another medal when we win the cup out here. You can come and bring me a, I need a new medal. <laughs> you got it, my friend. Thank you so much, Adam. All right, Cabby, thanks. Thank you for listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast.